0: Republicans have to find a way to get Democrats fired. Is the electorate so ticked off that they're going to churn Congress like butter this fall? I'm Scott Ott with Bill Whittle and Stephen Green. This episode of Right Angles brought to you by the members of BillWhittle.com who fund this enterprise out of the generosity of their own hearts and all they ask from you is that you would click that like button, the thumbs up, uh, share this, hit the notification button, do something that makes you feel like you're just not a lazy bum. Thank you very much, we appreciate that. Uh, Gentlemen, thepolitico.com has a story that voters are are really kind of annoyed in several different ways. Um, Inflation, which we read today, uh, just hit an all time, not all time, but a 40 year high of eight and a half percent. Fuel prices are up, obviously housing prices are up goods are scarce. There's a war in Ukraine. Um, and and President Biden has suggested uh, a couple of months ago that inflation was going to be a temporary thing and that we just need to suck it up and get through it. Well, turns out that doesn't look like it's true. So all of this leads Politico, Steve, to conclude, along with Moody's, which did the research on this, that it's going to be a tough path for Democrats to hold Congress this fall. And I've got two questions really for both of you. Uh, Number one, what do you think of the assessment of Politico with regard to the prospects for Democrats this fall? And number two, uh, what would you recommend that their opponents would do to capitalize on these challenges they face?
1: uh let me answer your uh, your second question first cuz i just happened to, to come across this when uh, we when we were between segments here uh let me see if i can find this real quick uh there we go well no i can't find the headline but uh the upshot of it of it is that the republican national committee and whatever the uh the the house money raising committee is Are so flush with cash. People are giving so much to the various uh, GOP organizations that they have decided to spend this money going in hard on D districts. Uh, Not just not just the uh, the ones that uh, would normally switch in a in a in a fairly big Republican year, but the ones that probably wouldn't switch unless the Republicans made a big effort. And this is kind of huge, and I'll I'll tell you why. Uh, when the Democrats got that big majority in in two thousand in two thousand uh, eight and two thousand ten, uh, they they did something. I can't remember who came up with this. It wasn't Carville? It was that other weasel, um, which was we're just going to go everywhere, and we're going to go in big every single district. We're going to put up a candidate. We're going to spend money because they were flush because. President Bush was so discredited, and, and it worked. They got these, these huge majorities, and then they were able to pass whatever legislation they wanted once Obama was president. I'm sorry, I said 8 and 10. It was six, uh, 2006 and 2008. Uh, they were able to pass whatever they wanted for two years, and they treated all of these uh, freshman congressmen like lemmings, like uh, uh, the sacrificial pawns. They didn't care if these guys got kicked out of uh, office in the next cycle in 2010 because they would have gotten done what Obama wanted them to do. And I would like to see the Republicans go in with that kind of attitude because we've needed some payback for a while. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, we need to undo all this legislative damage that we've been witnessing since 2009 and actually even before that. Um, so I would hope that the Republicans have decided to play as aggressively as the Democrats did. Um, and it, when it comes to winning these these sort of marginal elections, at, at least that much, it looks like they're they're really trying that. What actually – happens legislatively in 2023 and beyond. Well, we'll see. Let's keep a fire lit under them if uh, if you know what I mean. Um, that said, uh, the conventional wisdom right now is that the Republicans will take the House majority back. Nothing huge, no huge gains, 15 seats, maybe 20 seats because of various gerrymandering and all of these safe districts and whatnot. Um, I don't think so. I think the upside right now is 40 seats. It might even be higher than that. We could be looking at uh, at 2000 or at uh, 1994 all over again. It will. It won't be that big in the Senate. In fact, the question is, can the GOP take the Senate? But after reading how aggressive the National Party is, finally getting, um, I've got a lot more hope than I had just a couple of days ago about the GOP securing the Senate too. What I'm really looking forward to is uh, well the lamentations of their women.
0: (laughs) They will be driven before us. Uh, Bill Whittle, uh, you know, it is. Uh, it has been suggested that the only thing more difficult for a Republican to, to defeat than a beleaguered Democrat who faces a stiff electoral headwind is uh, no candidate at all, that the Republicans right. running unopposed would have a harder time. Uh, they do have a convenient whipping boy this time around, so to speak. Uh, Bill, do you think that the Politico assessment that this is going to be a tough road for Democrats is accurate? And and what would you suggest? You suggest like going back to kind of a Newt Gingrich days of a unified approach among Republican candidates to saying we have an agenda. Here's what we plan to do.
2: Well, yes, uh, and I'll get to that in a second. Uh, but as far as the political uh, uh, understatement goes, the, yeah, these are the kind of people that would make an issue a statement like you know. Uh, well, we've given a fire bucket to Captain Smith, but it's going to be quite a challenge for him to bail the Titanic out and keep her afloat all the way to New York. You know, that's 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 the level of understatement that this is. It's it's uh, it's yeah. going to be a, a bloodbath, and and it's going to be a bloodbath because everywhere across the pop culture, it shows it's going to be a bloodbath. And uh, just this week, um, I I put out a new firewall that deals with the wisdom of crowds, and one of the examples I talk about how how how, how a a large diverse group of people consistently come up with a much, much, much more accurate uh, prediction or guess of things if you average all of their votes together. One of the examples I used in that video was election betting pools and how election betting pools are, are consistently much more accurate than the best polls produced by the best experts. It's just a thing. It's a mathematical thing. So, um, I was just a second ago checking on election betting odds. Uh, as of the time that we record this, did a quick screen grab for you. Uh, the chance of Republican, this is where people are putting their money. Okay. This is where individual Americans all across the country are putting their money. Uh, Republican control of the house, uh, back in March of 2021, the closest it got, was that back in March? They said there was a fifty-six percent, fifty-seven percent chance the Republicans would take the House in March of last year. Currently, the chance of Republicans taking the, the House is eighty-four point seven percent. That's what the odds are for the House. Wow. Uh, on the Senate, um, the closest that got, well, back in uh, June of last year, fifty-one percent of the people thought that the Democrats would would. Take control of the Senate now. The current odds are that the Republicans will take control of the Senate. Seventy-five percent chance that that's going to happen. Those are the those are the betting odds. Wow. Now the reason that these things are important is because we're talking about people who are putting their money on the line. They're not partisans. They're not lying about their political affiliation. They're not telling a pollster what they think they want to hear. These are people who are wagering their own money on what they think is going to happen. And the uh, 87%, I think it was 75% for the Senate. Yeah, that's that's a sign of a, of a, of a landslide of historic proportions. And I might point out that in both cases, uh, for the last year, well, last six months, not only is the gap large? But the gap increases every day. It's getting it's getting larger and larger and larger and larger. More and more people are 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 saying the Republicans are going to do this. So yes, now that's assuming that the the Democrats ran unopposed. But fortunately for the Democrats, Republicans will be in the in this mix here, and so there's plenty of time to still screw this up. I'd love to say I was being flip about this, but honestly, I've, I've never seen anybody with the circular firing squad as effective as as the Republican Party. However, the the last couple of years, especially, of of far left politics have put so many regular people away from the Democratic Party on fundamental issues. Um, We're not talking about We're not even talking about taxation. Now we're talking about it's going to cost me $100 to fill my car full of gas. Or my kids are going to school and they're being taught about, about, you know, Uh, about gay sexual practices when they're four years old or, uh, inflation is 10% higher or, or eight or 9% higher than it was last month. These things are not things that you can, that you can, uh, spin away. These are, these are core fundamental issues. And I think they're going to take a, a, just a shellacking. Certainly I think it's going to be the biggest election, uh, landslide that I've ever lived to see. And and I and I don't want to jinx anything and don't get cocky and all the rest of it. But I think it might be the biggest election landslide change in history, in American history.
1: Hey Scott, can I throw something in real quick? Yeah, go uh, ahead. Steve. Bill, you, you said something that just really, really clicked. Talk about this accelerating uh, uh preference cascade on the on the betting sites for for the GOP. Guess what else? Inflation is still accelerating. And I say that these two things That's right. are just just like that.
2: It'll be worse in November than it is now. And yeah. we can expect that all of these things will continue to widen that gap.
0: Well, I don't have any success at predicting um, future events in any field, frankly, for that matter, <laughs> uh, particularly in politics. And many things can happen between now and November. But I do remember uh, something that somebody once told me when I was running for office, and it really – Struck me. Um, If you've ever interviewed for a job, uh, it's it's tough. It's nerve wracking. You got to go in and sit in front of a stranger and answer questions you don't know are coming and, you know, try to uh, acquit yourself well and hope that it's good enough for you to get that job. Well, what if you went to a job interview and after the 15 or 20 minute grilling that they subjected you to, they said, okay, well, we really appreciate you coming in. By the way, just so you know, uh, the position that you're applying for is currently filled um, and we have to decide whether to fire that guy and hire you to replace him. So it's not just that there are two people competing for a job, but one guy's already in the job. And so that's kind of how voters look at it. And the advice I got when I was running for office they said, look, you can be, uh, you can say all the right things. You can have all the right values. You can have all the right views and policy positions. You can be a sweet, lovable guy with a beautiful smile. You got to get that other guy fired. And that's actually kind of a painful thing if you're a decent person running for office, the kind of person who's gone through life with the understanding that you go out of your way to not say negative things about other people, even if you have negative views of other people, because it's, it's not polite. It is not uh, fruitful in most cases. But Republicans have to find a way to get Democrats fired. And that takes a combination of a positive vision of the future, but also frank discussion about what has actually happened so far. And what I found was most successful in the race that I managed to win, the most, the biggest race that I managed to win, was repeating over and over again the same thing about my opponent that was fact that was actually something that he did and he became so furious about this that he kind of lost his his uh, marbles over it and began to get frantic and all I said over and over again was that he was responsible for the 16% tax hike. That was all of my advertising. And uh, he actually took me aside at one point and said, you got to stop saying that. And I said, why would I stop saying that? And he said, well, because it's not true. And I outlined the case for him again. And I said, no, actually it is true. And I'm just saying something true. I'm not saying you're a bad person. I'm not saying that, you know, Jesus doesn't love you. I'm just saying that you were single-handedly responsible for the 16% tax hike. Republicans have to find some crystal clear thing that they can say that they can lay at the doorstep of Democrats that either they did. Um, on a, in a positive way, meaning that they passed or they took action um, to do, or that they failed to do in a negative way when they had adequate opportunity to do so. And then they need to beat that into the ground over and over and over again. And they need to mean it. Not, they cannot be insincere about this. They need to care about it. It bothered me when I ran for office that this guy, and I'm talking about a primary race in this case, but the, it bothered me that somebody from my my party was actually responsible for that tax increase because I saw that as ruining the brand of my party. Republicans have to value the brand of their party enough to speak the truth and to say it with vigor, not engage in nasty, negative stuff or insult people's looks or make cast aspersions on people that aren't true, but to anchor it in fact, and keep driving it home. Do not complicate the campaign with 97 different issues. Don't throw the kitchen sink at them. Let the talk show hosts do all that. You get on that one string and you play that string over and over and over again so that it is humming in the voters' minds when they step into that voting booth and make their decision. For Bill Whittle and Stephen Green, I'm Scott Ott. Thanks to the members at BillWhittle.com for making Right Angle possible.